0: Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, uh, and we've been doing uh, several podcasts on the subject of uh, anti-aging. Uh, today, our guest is Dr. Oliver Medvedic. Uh, he is the vice president and a board member of something called LEAF, L-E-A-F. It's the Life Extension Advocacy Foundation. You can find them at www. Sorry. Hate saying that, at leafscience.org, and um, they are involved in really cutting-edge research uh, on anti-aging. Dr. Uh, Medvedic is co-founder of Genspace, which is a citizen science lab uh, in Brooklyn, New York. He earned his PhD at Harvard Medical School. Uh, He has done uh, doctoral work uh, using yeast as a model system uh, to look at the processes that underlie aging uh in more complex organisms it's easier to study uh, yeast and then extrapolate to uh, human uh research um and uh he got his degree in biology from Hunter College here in New York City uh he's director of the Maurice Kanbar Center for Biomedical Engineering uh and he uh, teaches uh uh undergraduate and graduate students uh in uh, systems biology and uh genetics so uh without further ado, uh Dr. Medvedev, it's a pleasure having you on the program. Uh so uh, tell us a little bit about the mission of Leaf. What's it all about?
1: Yeah, uh pleasure to be here. Um so uh basically you summed it up pretty, you know, pretty succinctly, but I can expand it a little little further. Um so we have a number of different outreach efforts. So it's a nonprofit organization. Um I basically co-founded it with uh Keith Canemito, who's the president, and a number of other members who serve on the board currently, uh, back in 2014. And basically, we wanted to essentially, um, you know, promote or advocate for... um, uh, research directed towards the basic biology of aging and also by extension, the diseases of aging that go along with that, um, dementias, cancers, for example, cardiovascular diseases. And frankly, we think, you know, and the numbers bear it up that, uh, you know, aging is a, you know, uh, a huge problem in the developing world and also, um, globally in general. Um, and, you know, unless we start tackling the root causes of aging, um, all of the, you know, commensurate problems, the diseases of aging, um, are essentially going to, uh, become such an overwhelming burden that it's going to bankrupt healthcare around the world as it's starting to do so already, uh, in many nations. Um, so to that end, we have a number of different initiatives. One of them is, um, uh, lifespan, uh, dot org. So we have a, so we, uh, sorry. So we have a, um, a website where we essentially um, crowdfund for uh, research projects that are in um, the biology of aging. So it's a crowdfunding platform. Uh, it's you know it's some it's unique. We physically sponsor projects, so it's sort of like um, Kickstarter but for you know aging research or diseases of aging. So any organization could be nonprofit, for profit, could be associated with a university, could be a biotech company. Um, and you can check out the, you know, you can check out the projects that we have right now. Um, we just wrapped up a, you know, um, a, uh, a crowd, crowdfunding, um, uh, basically a, a crowdfunding initiative for the SENS research organization. Uh, we just raised some money for their project. Um, and uh, that's sort of, you know, us putting our money where our mouth is, basically, you know, trying to raise um, private funding for research projects um, that uh, will put a dent um, into diseases of aging and basically help elucidate the mechanisms of the aging process. Uh, we have a number of other outreach uh, efforts where we basically try to, um, you know, we have a number of, we collaborate with YouTube channels to basically uh spread the spread the message as to why this is so globally important um we you know i also do a monthly uh journal club so it's live streamed on our facebook page um where basically the latest papers that come out uh we is that the longevity book club or is that something uh, that's different so so okay. uh Javier Norris who's another board member of ours he does the longevity book club mm-hmm. so what i do is essentially um i do a uh a, a a journal club, where basically a scientific paper that's come out recently, usually within you know the past few months, um, we we review it, basically go through it kind of um, in a little bit more nitty gritty detail than would be found on a blog. We do that as well. So we have a, a blog uh, that's been run um, by Steve Hill and a number of other um, members of uh, our organization, where we essentially you know um, summarize. Papers that were just recently published, and, uh, you know, and the journal club is sort of a, a much more deep dive into mm-hmm. that. Where it's more for
0: aficionados and researchers yeah. and, you yeah. know, very wonky lay people.
1: Exactly, exactly. So we, you know, uh, so we basically we go, we go through, you know, if not all of the, you know, um, figures, and certainly most of the relevant ones that we think and, um, try to ch- dissect what the paper's all about and kind of the repercussions of the research, uh, for, you know, the dedicated, um, lay and not so lay audience. Uh, so those are just some of the initiatives. We also have a conference that we started um, about two years ago. So we're we're planning for our third annual conference in New York City um, in August of 2020, which oh, is great. based. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. So it, it's it's grown. It was a two-day conference um, that'll, this That'll
0: year- work for me because I you mean know, I'll I'll definitely be there. That sounds great.
1: Oh, excellent. Yeah. So so we've we've had it for the past two years at, at Cooper Union, and um, we, we've kind of expanded beyond the capacity of where we've had it which was at the Rose Auditorium which had about 200 person capacity uh, so we're probably going to um, have it we're, we're looking at a couple of venues I don't want to I don't want to you know um, cement one right now but we're, we're, we're potentially going to collaborate with Mount Sinai Medical School um, to, to
0: that, be announced then right
1: to be announced but let's say potentially Mount Sinai but to be announced um, so you know we're working behind the scenes to get the speakers and the venue um, up and running but basically it's it's uh it's again kind of unique in the, in the field of conferences in that we're trying to put to, um, people that are, we're trying to put the investors and the researchers um, under the same roof, so mm-hmm. to speak. So, so we have a lot of speakers that um, essentially, um, you know, are basic researchers, medical doctors uh, presenting their research at the conference, but we also have biotech companies and we also have venture capitalists who right. are interested in funding this type of research and um, in, in, in this, uh, this field. So, um, you know, instead of having people trying to hunt each other down, um, I, I think it was a, it was a success. People really enjoyed the one that we had this year where they can actually talk to potential funders right there at the conference. So I, I think it, it worked out, uh, very, very well. And we're going to have a, the, our third annual one. Um, like I said, a, we're planning for August of 2020.
0: Well, it, it sounds like there's two major streams in anti-aging research. On the one hand, there's, uh, the effort to, address some of the major diseases that curtail longevity metabolic syndrome which is associated with diabetes and cardiovascular uh-huh. disease and so much pathology but there's also some very fundamental research that really seeks to uh unlock the aging code uh, uh-huh. to somehow uh figure out a way to uh extend human potential uh, uh-huh. are you of the view that this is actually within reach some people are are skeptical they say that you know human lifespan is finite and yes we can keep people alive perhaps to you know 100 or 110 but you know it's like when your time's up your time's up but uh others uh are a little more aggressive in their prognostications they say that uh, we can actually fundamentally alter al- fundamentally alter human biology and uh biohack ourselves uh into uh becoming uh not just centenarians but uh, bicentenarians and tricentenarians uh-huh. and so on
1: well, there's a lot of to unpack there, uh, what you just stated. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 optimistic on all fronts, but um, clearly some things will um, happen sooner than others. So, kind of to, to um, address sort of the sooner rather than the later. Um, so you know, average lifespan has been increasing and, you know, for the most part, um, around the world. And that's been primarily because of in, in improved hygiene and, um, reduced infant mortality, but not really so much, uh, at the far end of the spectrum. Um, so we're kind of hitting a wall there. And as you, as you've mentioned, you know, there are, there are, um, you know, organisms do have finite average and maximal lifespans. I mean, you can, you can basically, um, Look at you know, measure the average lifespan of a mouse, measure you know, look at the average lifespan of a human, the maximal lifespan. Um, but even even in that range of you know uh, of of people hitting you know their you know their um, potential maximum lifespan there's there's a lot of work that can be done as far as improving what a lot of um, researchers and a lot of medical doctors these days are referring to as the health span of of a human being. Um, you know when we talk about increased lifespan, what we're really talking about is, optimizing the health span. So, um, without getting too advanced and too kind of far out there and, and, and talking about bicentenarians and tricentenarians, um, you know, there's people out there that are running marathons well into their nineties. Um, and there's people that are bedridden and have unfortunately dementias, um, in their sixties. And, you know, so there is, there is a lot of malleability, a lot of flexibility as far as, um, human health span is concerned. And, and, you know, the questions are, um, One of the big questions is, you know, how can we, how can we, um, enable, um, most or all of us to essentially, you know, get to the point where we can run a marathon or be in a state where we're not bedridden for the, for the vast majority of, you know, our life, um, until perhaps, perhaps the very end. Um, so there's a lot of work and there's a lot of interesting, um, you know, research that's taking place right now that suggests, um, that there are very, um, common, um, uh, attributes, uh, that can be basically, you know, tweaked here that can improve that. You know, there's, there's a lot of research in, you know, so-called inflammaging or, you know, the, basically, um, the inflammatory in- flammaging, Yeah. okay in right. right. So basically where you, you know, one aspect of that would be the in- increased burden of senescent cells in the body and, you know, do certain individuals, can they, can they clear these senescent cells, uh, better, you know, there's a lot of work with, with compounds out there, uh, in mice, and now in humans. So, there's in the Mayo Clinic, there's been some very small-scale clinical trials have been a very promising, where using drug combinations to basically tackle, uh, you know, basically ablate and try to remove senescent cells and try to improve um, improve the health span or at least certain um, disease manifestations of you know increased burden of senescent cells, um, such as certain cardiovascular conditions. Um, so, there's a lot of research in in that. in in that respect, um, taking place that is very promising. So, um, so that's kind of one angle of, 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 tackling the root causes of aging. Now, as far as going beyond, you know, what, what some perceive, you know, as the maximal lifespan of aging where, you know, a maximal lifespan of humans where, you know, just through demographics, you know, let's say the number is around 120 some odd years. Um, the bottom line is that for, you know, for um, organisms, uh, the aging process and um, the maximal lifespan of organisms and the average lifespan is highly ma- malleable, evolutionarily speaking. So just, you know, stepping outside of humans, uh, you know, you could see that there's a huge range of, of rates of aging um, in organisms. And... Um, not only that, but those rates of aging themselves can be, you know, altered um, through selective breeding, through genetic ma- manipulation that's been seen in small worms, C. elegans, seen in fruit flies, seen in mice. So there's, you know, there's, you know, a huge body of evidence there that that suggests that, you know, essentially the, the maximal lifespan of an organism is, is in of itself malleable. Um, now that, you know, in my opinion, that would be a much more harder, uh, challenge to overcome with, you know, for humans, because we would have to have a much more, more better grasp of what it means to, you know, to have, uh, what it means to essentially tackle the root causes of aging and, and what are essentially the root, um, drivers of a longevity. Um, so I think there has to be a little bit more, you know, fundamental research, maybe a lot more fundamental research that needs to take place to kind of tackle that. But I I think right now, as far as improving our health span and, and getting people, um, getting people living longer without the burden of dementias, without the burden of other illnesses of, of uh, that come along with um, aging, um, I think that is going to be, you know, uh, we're going to see a lot of promise, in, uh, you know, in that.
0: Yeah. You know, so, uh, just a little bit of a, a pushback on this notion, and I'm sure that you know you've encountered this criticism. In fact, you have a nice uh, blog on the uh, LEF uh, website. Uh, about concerns about longer lives and, you know, the 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 social implications of this, you know, we are already uh, encountering problems uh, funding our medical system uh and uh, underwriting Medicare, for example, yeah. and Social Security, because when these programs were first initiated, the average lifespan was in the 60s. Now people mm-hmm. live well into their 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, on average, it's in the 70s. But, you know, so many mm-hmm. people living, well, you know, it's not uncommon to see people living yeah, yeah. in the 90s. So, you know, what happens to, you know, what are the societal uh implications of You know, having lots and lots of people who are taking these wonderful uh, anti-aging therapies uh, and yet uh, their lives may be sustained through extraordinary medical measures and uh, ultimately they may become a burden on society.
1: Well, I don't think it's going to require extraordinary. uh Uh, Hold on a second.
0: Let's keep uh, in mind so, so, that uh, sorry, yeah. Just as a program yeah. note, is that Dr. Medvedev is actually uh, <laughs> talking to us from his lab. Yeah, I apologize uh, so for that a, noise. Yeah, there's a lot. There are a lot of stuff going on there in that uh, anti-aging lab. So uh, you know, there may be some ambient noise coming through <laughs> the background. But go ahead. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. So that's so. Um, so uh, where were we? Um, I you forgot. About
0: concerns about yeah. uh, you, you know what the societal uh, implications might be yep. about people living so, well into their hundreds.
1: Yeah, so, um, well, uh, first of all, um, I think that's a terrific problem to have. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't think we should lament the fact that people are living, you know, um, longer and healthier and, and, and extending essentially their work span as well. Because, um, you know, when we say burden, I mean, that's certainly not what we're after. We're not talking about um, at the age of 60, pe- putting people onto a respirator and then having people um, take care of them for the next, you know, um 60 years or, or 70 years. Uh, the point is that the people will, will be, um, you know, um, uh, will be active members of society, will be healthy, will be happy, will be contributing members of society. Um, if, if the problem is, you know, burgeoning costs of Medicaid and Medicare and all of that, um, you know, that's a societal problem that should be overcome, but it, you know, uh, but that's, that's, that's something to do with, with, with a medical system, in my opinion, that's, um, That's defective and broken and has been broken for a long time already, where, um, essentially the costs are spiraling out of control, um, because uh, for other reasons, because they're, the, the money's being misapplied and misused. But if, if, you know, if people are going to be living longer because their health span is longer, um, because they're long, they're being active members of society and contributing members longer, um, that's a net positive. That's, that's not a net negative. Um, you know, uh, the, the issue is going to be if we really, the, the, the bottom line is that we, we really can't afford not to extend people's health span because, um, currently, if we don't extend individuals' health span, um, the driving costs for, you know, Medicaid, Medicare and all of these programs is the fact that people are, um, getting older and at the same time, um, suffering from yep. the disease of, of aging. A very yeah.
0: high percentage of the expenditures yep. are in the last, uh, you know, two or three years of life and you know Ex-
1: unfortunately, Exactly. Yeah. And the number and the numbers for dementia are 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 skyrocketing. Um, I, you know, I I just read a report um, you know that's put forward by the Alzheimer's uh, dot .org association where I mean essentially if nothing is done. If we basically just say, well, you know, we're just going to let dementia run its course. We're going to give up on looking for ways to tackle um, the root causes of aging and just um, just let it happen naturally. Um, that in of itself is going to bankrupt our current if we keep operating the way we're operating and don't change a thing. That's essentially by 2050 going to bankrupt the entire system. So it, uh, you know, we really can't afford not to tackle the diseases of aging and not to expend, ex- extend um, human health span, I mean that's essentially going to be the only thing that's going to save the medical system in, in my opinion it,
0: it seems to me there's sort of a rough dichotomy between uh, lifestyle approaches like diet, uh, you know involving different uh, types of food regimens or uh, caloric restriction or intermittent fasting, time restricted uh-huh. uh, feeding, uh, exercise, uh, you know perhaps uh, you know natural supplements uh versus a more high tech approach uh which may involve uh patented uh, senolytic drugs you know f- uh pharmaceuticals uh or mm, high tech applications like stem cells or crispr uh, mm-hmm. to extend life uh, do you, where do you lie on that spectrum are you just uh, very uh, ecumenical when it comes to that
1: yeah i mean i think i think they all have i mean you know research proceeds on many fronts um and certainly every every researcher has their own um niche and their own you know um field to pursue and i think i think all of it's important um you know in a sense in a sense <laughs> you know uh, i guess i'm the, the, the dichotomy with me is I'm, I'm both optimistic and pessimistic at the same time. And that, um, everything, not really pessimistic, but a lot of the stuff that we've seen as far as, um, uh, lifestyle intervention choices that we can be making. I mean, a lot of these things have been known since the time of Moses, right? We, right. The people have known forever that look, you know, eat your vegetables, um, intermittently fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't abuse. Hippocrates,
0: you know, food is medicine, blah, blah, right, blah. blah. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. I mean, so, so, uh, you know, a lot of, and a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of the disease drivers, you know, have, have been also a result of, uh, our industrialized society and, and, and eating too many sugars and not enough exercise and, and, and being in having a lifestyle that's basically very, um, sedentary and, and so on and so forth. So, um. So there's a lot to be said, you know, uh, about, uh, wisdom from, from long ago, which now, as far as the research is concerned at, you know, we're, we're learning as to why, you know, intermittent fasting perhaps works, which is, you know, um, there's evidence that it essentially boosts autophagy and causes, um, uh, misfolded proteins and other, other pro- problematic aspects of, you know, cellular damage to be recycled. Um, you know, so we're beginning to learn, why some of these, you know, ancient techniques might be effective. Uh, but, you know, there, are, there is certainly room for improvement there because not everybody's genome is perhaps optimized to take advantage of, of, some, of these, uh, some of these interventions. So I think there's going to be, uh, there's certainly going to be um, interventions that will focus on isolating some of the molecules that are found in um, plant products, for example, such as polyphenols and um, flavonoids that will have an effect on senescent cells um but you know if if you know i think all of these interventions will go a long way towards um improving the health span of individuals now as far as you know applying things that are a little bit more radical such as crispr um and actually changing your genome um i think that's completely you know not uh, outside of the realm of possibility i mean we we certainly we certainly can speculate how such an intervention would work um, you know, we have individuals out there that, um, basically, uh, by having essentially an optimized genome could essentially, you know, get to a very, very long, um, get to a very long period of life, um, you know, super centenarians, for example. And and the question is why do cer- cer- certain individuals get to this stage of, you know, of, of, uh, of health span and, and others don't, um, you know, you can certainly make, make a, um, a, you know, plausible stab at saying, well, you know, if you somehow had a technique or technology that's much more advanced is now to essentially change the somatic genome of an individual to to replicate that of some, something of some, you know, that of a super centenarian, then you should be able to get the benefits. Now, how you would do that, how you would essentially, you know, target every individual cells, that's not currently within the realm of possibility. Although Um, it is possible certainly to do gene therapy. It is certainly possible to change multiple genes at once in model organisms in mice. For example, I I just reviewed a paper where, um, you know, essentially, um, uh duchenne muscular dystrophy was essentially
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. uh, certain big headlines
0: uh, on that yeah
1: yeah was was cured in cured in mice or at least uh, the, the mutation that's found in 16% of, of of duchenne muscular dystrophy was was cured in in a mouse model um and it was um and it was actually a pretty powerful paper and and you know it laid the groundwork for for a for an intervention in humans so um you know that's going to be a little bit mi- more, um, far out there, but like I said, evolutionarily speaking and, you know, biologically, um, you know, lifespan is very malleable. Um, so, you know, the, the question is, you know, how do we, you know, we, we don't really know enough about what are all of the longevity pathways that need to be optimized to, you know, to, um, increase, you know, uh, the longevity of a human being beyond a certain point. Um, but you know that's that that's what research is required. Right. You know, so it
0: might be a complex recipe. It might be a, a series of synergistic uh, interventions that can a reduce the susceptibility to disease and b yeah. fundamentally alter uh, our uh, uh, programmed uh, aging process. Uh, yeah. So so really, that's that's where you're going. Okay, great. You've laid the groundwork for uh, our discussion of uh, anti-aging beautifully here. Uh and in part 2 I want to focus on you know some specific uh, strategies uh and you know we'll talk a little bit about uh diet uh, supplements nutrition uh some of the higher tech uh interventions that are contemplated for anti-aging. Uh our guest is Dr. Oliver Medvedic, he's vice president and board member of Leaf Life Extension Advocacy Foundation. You can find them at uh, leafscience.org. And we'll be right back with part two of today's Intelligent Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman.